Welcome to yet another episode of And It's a Goal. It's been an exciting week of football. We had the Manchester United and Liverpool match. And as a United fan, I couldn't be happier. So today we are going to review that match with my co-hosts, Aprutheem and Neil. Hey guys. Hey, what's going on? I missed the last uh, episode recording, but I did listen to it. You guys did great and uh, I wish I were... I was there. And yes, um I was watching this match as well, but unfortunately it was too late 12:30 in the night and I watched the first half but the second half I was on the bed listening and we were down as well. So I went down at the bed. Uh but yeah, it was cool. It was a weekday the next day, so yeah, it was a great match and I did see your excitement in various channel including our official Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Oprotim as a fellow United fan, how is the feeling, man? Yeah, it was uh, you know again same thing like Neil it was uh, it was a weekday and uh, I was also not sure like considering the last two hammerings whether I should stay up and watch the match or not and um, I decided let me just go for it and I actually went to a uh, neighborhood uh, pub and i watched the match and yeah i was pleasantly surprised good fight uh, from the from the united players and you know looked very motivated and stuff and uh, it was good good result um yeah but overall I'm pretty pleased look at least that seems like a good sign that you know united have at least something going uh, for them uh, going forward i'm also the liverpool team though to be fair i think they were missing quite a few players so um perhaps i mean let's see this 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 match this coming weekend's liverpool's game should also be interesting to see how they respond to uh, a string of sort of uh, less than expected results i mean we can't get back sadio mane but yeah others yeah let's see <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think liverpool are really missing him right sadio mane uh, even though the other guy that colombian winger is pretty good but i think yeah sadio mane is definitely being missed Luis Diaz you meant Luis Diaz right Luis Diaz right yeah uh, the guy who plays left wing that's right yeah 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 did you guys feel that van dyke was a little slow and off that day yeah i think uh, wasn't he was the one who was in front during the in, first during goal goal Yeah, yes. Sancho's goal so there was a lot of memes <laughs> i saw around <laughs> that <laughs> he's the one uh keeping the goal and etc yeah we thought so and there was a bit of uh, what i didn't like losing is one thing losing by one goal is okay but there was a unrest between the players and even the manager in between like there was a chaos like what's yeah. going on uh, is it out of our hand i mean losing one game to the top teams the big fours it's okay i mean you it's not even losing they were just one down at that point of time so i think they should have held them together and that's not a good sign for a team who can who wants to come back from even two nil down let's say right and aprudim you would agree with me that our backline delivered that day especially with lisandro martinez and tarel malasia like they really like held their own that day agreed agreed i think uh, martinez uh, i i really like uh, both of them and uh, martinez as well i mean there was a lot of uh, 
you know, uh, sort of uh, uh, mixed uh, feelings about how he would do because of his height. He's only like five nine, so yeah. how he would cope up in the Premier League, etc. So I thought he 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 was he was really really good. Uh, what do you think about him? What do you think about his height and things like that going forward? He seems like a proper warrior and like a yeah. proper fighter and everything. So what are right. your thoughts? He... He did have that fighter slash warrior mentality, and I think because of the height, he kind of makes it up in terms of pace. Like the one thing I noticed was that he was getting to the ball ahead of the other strikers from the opponent team, and that was kind of an advantage he had. Like he could slide, he could like you know come in between the two players before they could like pass, and so he he had that going for him. And Varan actually did some, you know, great clearance with the headers. So the partnership he had with Varan at the back, uh, at the CB line, uh, with Varan heading the ball out, and Lisandro Martinez, you know, throwing his body uh, into the line of the strike wherever, whenever he could. I think it it worked out perfectly. Yeah, I think definitely someone to watch out for uh, going forward. And I think he's pretty strong with his distribution also. So that also is another. Uh, did you notice there was another? There was some more criticism uh, uh, post uh, the the the, the, th- the thrashing that uh, De Gea was, you know, just playing these short passes. But this this particular match, he was going long as well. So it looks like uh, yeah, uh, they're going to mix it up a little bit with the style. So that also seemed pretty good. I was actually also really happy with Marcus Rashford's goal. Uh, he had a sort of a he didn't have a great season last year, so looks like he's also sort of hopefully coming into some form. So should be should be good. Yeah, you could see on his face what that goal meant to him. You know that relief after like scoring a goal after uh, in front of the home crowd after a long time. So you know that kind of showed. Uh, but Neil, I got a question for you with this Liverpool team. Do you really think you can compete with City? Yeah, it's 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 always tough. City is incredible since last few years. Even if they don't make it to the top, they are already in one, two, three, and in in fact, in Champions League and other European leagues as well, they are always at the top. It's too early to say anything, but I think you will see new players evolve. They will right. become stars. They may not come as a lot of. Uh, baggage or other way around so i think at towards the middle of the league i think we will see who is going to be the star of this season and they will be the kingmakers and let's i mean let's not forget the other results of the week city drew against newcastle three all and chelsea actually lost to leeds 3-0 and arsenal kept their you know winning record intact so they are the only team with three games unbeaten so far with nine points at the top of the table and, you know, both City and Chelsea uh, drop points. So, it's kind of wide open, you know, at this point. Looks like a good omen as well. Like, perhaps uh, some of the other teams uh, and some of the uh, mid-table clubs, etc. look fairly strong. So, uh, might be a close season if you look at it from uh, the indicators from the early days as well. I think even Spurs are also got a perfect record so far, right? Three, three out of three wins. If I'm not mistaken, I think Spurs uh, had a draw against uh, uh, Chelsea. You know the fight. Oh and yeah, the fight right. Conte course, and the, yeah, the yeah. last so minute hurricane goal. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, yeah. right. Fair enough, fair enough. So Arsenal's the only one with a perfect record. Okay, fair enough. Good start for Arsenal, and they're looking pretty good as well, right? I don't think they've conceded a goal yet. 
if i'm not yeah, mistaken and, so looking pretty and honestly uh, two of their standout players have been martinelli uh, mm-hmm. in the attacking uh, part of the team and at uh, the back saliba like right. he has been uh, really a star for the team uh, thus far yeah, martinelli has been getting me some good points in fantasy so far uh, the newcastle man city match was really interesting i watched that's the one match i watched more than even the liverpool united match because the timing was great and uh, guess what newcastle were like 3-1 up and uh, against the mighty man city and there comes uh, haland the great everybody's talking about him and he makes it to the point that uh, man city makes it to 2-3 and then bernardo silva comes makes it 3-3 all and it would have been a really really upset otherwise unless how was uh, was newcastle looking good most of the match at least the Trippier... St. James's Park, traditionally, they've always been fairly strong and stuff. It's good that they're getting some investment and they've been buying a lot of players and stuff, very active in the transfer market. Were they looking good? I think so. I mean, they were uh, looking like possessing... I think there was a point of time where they were possessing like 70-80% of the ball of in that 10 minutes window. And that's what the commentator also says. And at the same time, the Trippier goal came. I mean, that was what a free kick was it. I mean, I couldn't have believed uh, in the lights of Ronaldo and Messi. Probably they were the ones who does it. But this was amazing. It was a great goal, yeah. And just la- just now, you know, breaking news right now. Newcastle just signed Alexander Isak from uh, Real Sociedad for a record fee of $60 million, which is the highest for Newcastle in their history. So, Alexander Isak used to play for Borussia Dortmund. Then he moved to Real Sociedad. And uh, he's supposed to be the next big uh, star uh, in football. He plays for the Swedish national team as well. For Swedish national team? See, what position does he play? Uh, forward. Okay. Okay, good. I think they're assembling a pretty strong uh, squad. Should be interesting to follow Newcastle, how it goes. How they go uh, yeah. the rest of the season. The yeah. most uh, one more important thing is the West Ham United is right now at the bottom of the league, losing all three of their matches. If you remember last season, they were like five or six. They were in the mm-hmm. same league of uh, qualification, and then yeah, Leicester City also at nineteen. Yeah, yeah, Leicester City have had a terrible start, right? They've lost yeah. uh, most of the games. Of uh, they looked. So, I think there's some issue with their centre back, who Chelsea seem to be interested in and he's not uh, they're not playing him at this point in time so that uh, yeah it's interesting to see how how they get along yeah to be fair the, the one match was against arsenal who is obviously dominating right now and interestingly today they're facing chelsea themselves uh, today at 7:30 ist so next sunday like september 4th arsenal is playing united that's going to be a good match yeah, that should be a good game. Looking forward to that one. Like United have had a, you'd be, I mean, I was surprised that they they got those three points against Liverpool, but a uh, mm-hmm. couple of uh, tough matches in early on in the season. So, but it should be a good. By the time, hopefully, if there's some more transfer activity and United get some more players, definitely Casemiro will be fit and ready for that match. So that should be a good game, considering how well Arsenal are doing. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Anthony is still not, I mean, Ajax has not yet kind of given the clearance. Uh, they have not accepted United's bid for him at 80 or 90 million. 
but hopefully if he joins united's attacking uh, line would be strengthened agreed agreed all right so that brings to our main theme of today's episode so this year is also the 30 years of english premier league so yeah it started in 1992 i mean obviously they had a like first division league before that then it got revamped and you know uh, with broadcasting rights being sold at record high fees the epl was born and so this year it's the 30th anniversary of uh, epl so my question to you guys is that why do we all love the epl so much and what gives it a huge global appeal i think the, i we discussed a little bit in the first uh, episode itself why we support england <laughs> a lot of people tend to support england because yeah. we follow epl and that's the outcome of the uh, epl being so popular all over the world i think uh, it is english <laughs> i think there might be a part of the reason is the it is broadcasted in english and it's a worldwide uh, penetration of that language and of course uh, the broadcasting quality and style itself probably appeals a lot and of course uh, you take in top player in the world by any standards he must be playing for english premier league for some time for sure and we have seen uh, probably late 90s the alex ferguson's era a lot of top players i mean anybody who appears as a teenager and makes a mark and it must be from manchester united they have spent a lot of money and they made their names uh, by all means so yeah aputin so yeah uh, i think uh, from uh, why in my opinion the premier league um this is popular i think uh, like if you made a comparison apart from like the top clubs in all the leagues um if you watch like a uh, you know clubs with the lower end of the table or mid table clubs facing each other uh, i think they are a little bit more high tempo action oriented a little bit more exciting than the other uh, leagues at least it used to be the case when i was I used to follow football more regularly so for example like just just randomly like west ham versus sheffield united is more uh, exciting to watch rather than real sociedad versus athletic bilbao perhaps it also has to do with like me was saying the familiarity you know the players a little bit more um, i think the english language also helps i think also the time zone also helps the premier league they usually have the timing of the matches in such a way that it's more it's easier for asian audiences compared to say the spanish league um because you they start the matches earlier on in the day in the afternoon kickoffs and things like that while in spain yeah, it's usually later in the evening so the the timings aren't great um yeah a little bit of mix of all of this and i think over the years the premier league there's a product also they probably the aggressive marketing and things like that that they've done it's just more even though uh, i'd say for the longest stretch the best players in the world did play for real madrid barcelona exclusively still premier league managed its own uh, managed its managed to make sure that it's the, still the most uh, marketable league in the world or the most popular league in the world what do you think rudra yeah i, I kind of align with whatever you both have uh, said and you know it's been a huge marketing uh, exercise to sort of make it popular 
And one other thing is that, you know, if you look at other leagues, it's mostly a battle between two or three clubs uh, to win the league. In EPL, we have at least five to six clubs who kind of have the potential to win the league at, uh, at any season, in any season. Uh, we have the City now, Chelsea, uh, Liverpool, United, Arsenal, and add to that Tottenham. And there are some of the middle table, mid-table clubs uh, which kind of can spring a surprise as well. So I think the competition, as you said, uh, is much more in EPL compared to uh, some other leagues like the La Liga. The League One Liga. in France. Yeah, that's basically... So PSG has been winning it for like, what, seven or eight years? Yes. Uh, it's only recently that Lyon, I think, won. Yeah, and oh, there's yes, a huge yeah. difference between their state in the table and the others. Um, looks like there is only three games played so far and PSG had made 17 And also, goals. let's not forget, in the Italian league, Juventus had won it like what? Nine times in a row. Like Complete monopoly in three, all yeah. those yeah. three leagues. Even, even in, um, in the Bundesliga as well, there's like a complete uh, stranglehold by Bayern Munich. So, I think apart from uh, La Liga... And in, and in La Liga, they're only... In La Liga, yeah. their their whole league is centered around El Clasico. Like that's yeah, the no, most broadcaster match. And also, the thing is that I think the revenue sharing as well partially is to blame because uh, uh, in in the Premier League, I think it's it's a little bit more democratic in terms of how they mm-hmm. share their revenue. All uh, Premier League clubs are sort of equal stakeholders. Uh, but of course, uh, like the big six, they do have like a separate say in the matters. But uh, in uh, in the La Liga, for example, Real Madrid, Barcelona, they take a lion's share of all the media revenue that they get. So it's very difficult for other clubs to even grow. Uh, th- things like Atletico Madrid, etc., would be just one-off sort of situations over there. And yeah. also, if you see the quality of the stadiums, I feel that the even the bottom table, even a, a bottom table uh, clubs in EPL have great stadiums, uh, as compared to certain. You know, bottom table clubs in other leagues, which have much smaller stadiums with okay facilities. I feel like the English stadiums are so much better. I think it's a reflection of the money coming in. Uh, because of course, I, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, the 80s and stuff, I think it has to do something with the way I think Margaret Thatcher's rule uh, when she was prime minister in the 80s, she introduced, because at the time, apparently English stadiums were not very safe for fans, mm-hmm. etc. So... Um, they introduced, so they had standing fans, a lot of violence and things like that. So I think there were a lot of measures that were introduced. And at the time, if I'm not mistaken, the German clubs were kind of the benchmarks in uh, terms of stadium, uh, it's general mm-hmm. stadium safety and uh, the quality and all of that. But of course, with all the money that's coming in in England right now, it makes sense that they have sort of raised the bar quite a bit. But then that, that brings me to my next question. Why don't we see more EPIL clubs Win the cha- win the Champions League more often. Like it's mostly been like Real Madrid's dominance, or you know, uh, Barcelona winning it uh, after them quite often. Uh, but then, you know, we have seen like United winning in two thousand eight, Liverpool two thousand five, then more recently uh, Liverpool and City. Uh, but why don't we see? I have a couple of theories on that. But Neil, do you want to yeah. uh, go first? No, I just I was I have a theory that England is separate than the rest of the Europe. So. <laughs> they uh, they feel home. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else feels home when you tour around the Europe for the 
Champions League matches. But yeah, go ahead. So I think a couple of things. Maybe um, firstly, the, I think the competition in most of those uh, leagues are not as intense as say the Premier League that we were talking about earlier. In Premier League, you're playing against. Um, like uh, like like Stoke City on a Tuesday night, right? So there's that famous phrase. Yeah, yeah uh, you get yeah. like a fight and stuff uh, at your in your hands, and you have to change your style depending on the club that. Like Bolton Wanderers and things like that. Also, all these kind of very brutish teams. So you're playing with them, and I think there's a lot of and plus um, things like there's no. Uh, winter break in in the Premier League. You have those Boxing Day fixtures and New Year fixtures and things like that. And then um, I think it's just the intensity is so high that uh, I, I suppose that they can't reserve their best for the uh, for the, the European competitions for Champions League, etc. While on the other hand, uh, all the other clubs, the other top clubs. For their domestic competitions, they can just take the sort of foot off the pedal a little bit and still sort of stroll to wins and then a league win, etc. And then sort of uh, play their best for uh, Champions League nights. That's actually a very good point. So you mean that the energy levels kind of uh, get reserved and they keep keep that intact for the Champions League matches. Yeah. But for the English clubs, it because the com- com- competition is so intense. You know they kind of lose steam when it comes to the and there's an extra cup absolutely and there's an extra cup competition also in in the Premier League. So you've got FA Cup as well as this uh, the other league Carabao Uh, Carabao Cup. Yeah, yeah. right now, yeah, it's called the Carabao Cup. Right, keeps changing its name every few years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but uh, last couple of years I've seen they have made it to the finals, and I think who Chelsea won last year Champions. To be fair. The City and Liverpool teams are probably the two best teams in the world. I think uh, the finals win by Real Madrid was probably like a one-off. If they played each other 10 times, I would bet my money on that Liverpool team winning more. That's my take. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, what do you think, See, one other thing is that with Real Madrid, they kind of spend the money to have the best players in the world. Like right from the mid-2000s, we have been seeing that with the Galacticos team. So they, they acquire the best players in the world at that point of time. And for every player, it kind of becomes a, a aspiration to play for Real Madrid one day. Right? So so they gather the best talent. And I feel that that is also a reason, you know. Whereas with uh, English clubs, yes, they have the good talents and the the best in the world as well. But I feel that over the past 20 years, the amount of money that, let's say, Real Madrid has spent on acquiring the best talent at any given point of time, they have been there uh, like leading um, in that sense. Yeah, and if you see the recent statistics, I mean, the fact that we discussed a little while ago, right? There are few teams, there are more teams in English Premier League who plays better and the chances of winning uh, is spread over those teams instead of just top two teams, unlike uh, uh, the uh, Spain or Italian League. So that plays a uh, factor that when you see the quarterfinals uh, in the last league, let's say last Champions League, you have Bayern Munich, mm-hmm. Dortmund, all the usual suspects. And then you 
play around who is the top team in the english on that year so the sheer uh, numbers the volumes actually makes them to the quarter finals and semi finals in the champions league yeah i think it's those are fair points but also uh, in my opinion i completely agree the best the absolute best players in the world have always wanted to play and have always played in either real madrid or barcelona and you can just see that by all these ballon d'or winners as well like they have a total duopoly on that on that uh, you know that uh, trophy i think i don't remember probably the last time that i can think of that a player outside of those two clubs was probably cristiano ronaldo at manchester united but i might be mistaken uh, that's like almost like a decade and a half ago uh but but however i think we're kind of at an inflection point where things might change because i don't know if you guys have read that barcelona is going through a lot of financial issues of they course yes are unable yeah. to pay their the, the even the wages of their current players and looks like they're heading into quite a bit of trouble and i don't see real madrid also cutting like big checks and things like that so i think going forward there might be a little bit of uh, uh Uh, asymmetry in terms of England English clubs power because uh, there are quite a few now strong financially run English clubs so things might change probably in the coming decade. So does anyone of you feel? I mean, it's not true right now because it's truly globalized scenario. But in early, let's say, two thousands, all the great players of Southern America. So Southern America is mm-hmm. the biggest place. Uh, after europe right in footballing uh, football perspective all the players in it's southern a, america it's, be- it's a talent factory yeah. south america so, is called the talent factory yeah. and because of the cultural proximity with spain and uh, let's say any su- southern european country they would tend to join those teams than english which is like uh, running their business on their own cocoon yeah. i think that's a fair point but uh, i think it's also because um premier league players will probably premier league clubs or any of the really top clubs will will want guaranteed like a guaranteed star or a guaranteed young a strong young player so sometimes what happens is that these clubs like all these clubs even portuguese clubs like sporting lisbon benfica they take punts at these brazilian players young promising players have them sort of adapt to european lifestyle european style of playing etc and then sell them on for a higher fee so you have that kind of a, a sort of an evolution progress of the players also so unless they're like a short short nailed on kind of a, a star i don't think premier league clubs would go in directly but also there's less now lots of other arrangements being made if i'm not mistaken city have a a sister club or an arrangement with a brazilian club so if they they start sort of uh, getting players on and things like that so there might be some kind of a uh you know uh sharing of players or something of that sort well on a on a lighter note <laughs> manchester united's talent funnel has been ajax in this time <laughs> <laughs> i have no problem with that dutch dutch school players are probably i mean in my opinion probably the best <laughs> yeah even more lighter note i think some indian clubs have sister clubs like atletico de madrid and other atletico clubs. de kolkata <laughs> yeah oh, that, so, oh, by the way that uh, partnership has been uh, called off now oh, okay i i wish that some player there would be a uh, what is that global exchange program and we get to see more yeah. of the international <laughs> yeah. players over here is that uh, is that league still intact or 
is still uh, happening and uh, east bengal and mohan bagan have joined the isl from the i league now so it's kind of expanding it's uh, right. uh, 11 clubs play isl now yeah or uh, anyway moving on okay this this was a good segment of a discussion uh, and we can debate this all day but then moving on top 3 moments of epl over the last 30 years or from the time you have started following uh, according to you shall i go first go ahead yes okay number i'll, I'll start from number 3 okay so number 3 was you know alex ferguson's retirement speech in 2013 the effect he had the impact he had on not just manchester united but the english premier league and football in general was incredible and you know being a united fan alex ferguson is like is a god like figure so him retiring in 2013 was such a such an important moment because see after that we haven't won the league right we are still kind of struggling to find the right manager have the right balance in the team so i think that was an important moment and that also gave the chance for other clubs to kind of uh, be more competitive and start winning the league as well second yeah, also the, yeah, I'm, yeah i'm just in that also there hasn't been many managers who stuck around for long time after david moyes uh, appointment right so there has been yeah. a bit of instability afterwards yeah absolutely so second for me was rudra uh, white we just do everybody's 3 to 1 to uh, sure so yeah yeah let's you, do that you want to go with your number 3 oh i have only number 2 and number 1 <laughs> <laughs> uh okay. no i i think uh, it's not a specific moment but it was the whole i, I think we all three would share about it we can speak together on that the lester mm-hmm. city's cup golden run in 2016 absolutely unfortunately i did follow a lot that year a lot was going on in my personal life so but when i heard this name leicester city i thought hey isn't it a team which is like 12 13 position in a league so what's oh, your take relegation the previous season the pre- oh, yeah yeah they made this miraculous escape just the previous season yeah. yeah so we can discuss what are the points which led to this i mean what's your thought i'm pretty sure it's in your top 3 both of you so it was Actually, it was my thought in mind but uh, it's a good okay you go ahead it was my number one it was my number one moment okay. because it's the perfect underdog story and as a sports fan it doesn't matter that during that season it doesn't matter if you were a liverpool fan or a united fan you loved what was happening you know leicester city out of nowhere competing with the big boys of the league taking them on and then there was this side story of jamie wardy who two seasons ago was playing the sunday league or you know some lower level league and suddenly he was like scoring all the goals uh, breaking uh, rude van nistelrooy's record and it's such an amazing story and like i i have seen that highlights of that whole uh, like season uh, there's a 40 minute uh, sort of a video on youtube of the pack you know showcasing the what they did it it's such a heartwarming uh, story altogether so that was my top yeah Also, f- yeah. Fun fact about that: that there was a one to five thousand chance uh, odds Correct. of that team yeah. winning. And how, how on earth? I mean, it's it's um, it's said that Obama playing cricket in England has the same odds and all those things. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, and they had. I think Jamie Vardy had an eight goal streak of uh, scoring in every match. I think and, more, twelve goals or something. Yeah, I think yeah, the, yeah. was eleven uh, matches. Can, 
Yeah, like I just wanted to bring it up because he broke the record while playing Manchester United. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. That was a mental <laughs> celebration. Also. Yeah. So Aprithim, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aprithim, so, what's uh, what's up? So with... uh, my approach to this thing was more like I thought uh, what Rudro uh, meant was more like specific moments rather than like, of course, like the the Leicester story would be like one of my uh, you know top. uh sort of like seasons based story so i was just looking at specific like instances like specific moments that stand out so anyway so the first one that i uh at uh, my uh, the number 3 is uh, wayne rooney's goal for everton against arsenal mm-hmm. where that was against that arsenal team and they were going through an unbeaten run of i think it was some 30 matches or something and this was that invincible team as well so the 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 winner at Goodison Park where uh, he sort of announced himself so that I don't know if yeah. you guys remember that goal the incredible goal from the right. left he hits this and beats Seaman so that's my number three and he went on to also while playing for Manchester United broke Arsenal's forty nine uh, if they stayed unbeaten they would have uh, uh, gone to fifty matches unbeaten and he while playing for United beat that like I think they won two one or something as well so yeah the, oh one nil I forget anyway so that's my number three Rudro so my number two uh, was Jose Moreno. signing as the manager for Chelsea of Chelsea in uh, 2004 that was also the season when Roman Abramovich uh, sort of started owning Chelsea and that kind of was the era where money from players outside England started coming in into sort of mid table clubs so far because Chelsea you know they, they won the league after what 70 years or something in 2005 and so then you know that was because of the money that was put in the team they were buying players they bought in a good manager so jose moreno uh, he just won the champions league the season before with porto i think and uh, then you know he he managed chelsea and then he called himself the special one i still remember their interview yeah. and so i i think that was like quite a sort of a game changing moment in epl uh, because that kind of sort of gave an opportunity for other players outside england also to kind of push investments into clubs like the uh, like the middle eastern money coming into clubs like city as well and now we see that with uh, newcastle and and so on so that was i feel one of the one of the defining moments of epl uh, from the point i've started watching it Yeah, foreign money sort of coming into yeah. the Premier League. I think uh, I think Roman Abramovich, uh, if I remember correctly, actually uh, started the season before. So one season before, right. and yeah. Claudio Ranieri was the manager, and then he immediately fired him. And like you said, uh, uh, this fellow won the Champions League with Porto and brought Mourinho in, and of course, rest is history. What about you, uh, Neil? Yeah, I think. What's um, your next one? Yeah, the number one, I'll park it. But uh, I okay. So two... you want me to go number two, and then we do the number one. No, uh, yeah. I mean, again, it's number two for me. If I have to really introduce it, it's not again an event. It was like I think uh, the long wait of Liverpool winning the title. Man. I knew you would mention it. I <laughs> yeah. knew that would be in yours. So How because thirty years, right? Thirty years. Yeah. I think yeah. So if you don't win a Premier League title, being an English uh, football team, I mean that's all you want 
and uh, yeah, we, I mean, we you went... invest so much time every weekend <laughs> watching these matches, and then you know, at the end of yeah. it, you would expect some sort of reward for that time. Fair enough, that's a fair thing. Mm. Also, there were chances of winning treble and four titles. I mean, the chances right, itself right. says that they were, if not winning, they were at least towards the final or semi-final knockout stage of those leagues. That's a good uh, thing to have. <laughs> okay, if I go next, I'm going to balance your, uh, you know, your joy. So my second uh, number two is this moment where Gerard slipped and you know let Chelsea score that goal. Oh yeah, because uh, <laughs> they were they were pretty nailed on to win that title as well. Apparently, they had already started celebrating in Liverpool and stuff. Uh, I think it was under Brendan Rodgers. So that one slip, my God, that was like, I was, I was actually, you know, a funny story. I was watching it at a pub. So, so over here, you have some designated pubs where uh, the Manchester United official fans meet up and Liverpool fans meet up, um, etc. So I'd gone and watched it with a, with a few Liverpool fans and uh, because they were already prepping for the title that particular season. So, yeah, watching that uh, slip, that was pretty <laughs> incredible as a United fan. Yeah, I mean, how, how did the word slip came up? I heard that Gerard gathered the players on the pitch and said those words, we do not let this slip. No, you remember that slip, no? That he, I think it was that uh, yeah, yeah, he... striker who, what was his name? He then went to a Turkish club and stuff for Chelsea. Demba Ba, I think. Demba Ba. Yeah, so uh, Gerard was the last line of defence then. And uh, he wanted to pass. He missed yeah. pass, he slipped. He couldn't like uh, gather the ball, and you know, thus the trophy also slipped out of his hand. Yeah, that was yeah, that was. Uh, you do you remember that Neil? No, I I completely don't remember on purpose. 2014. 2014. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Trauma. <laughs> okay, uh, should we do the, the 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 number ones now, Rudra? You want to go? Yeah. So number one for me is uh, we have discussed this moment before in episode one, I think. Aguero scoring the last minute uh, goal. In oh the man, that's my number yeah. one as yeah, well. My number one yeah. as well. How could you guys do that to United? I thought <laughs> you will yeah, also so forget. Uh, on we top. all are aligned. We are all in <laughs> sync that it's it's our number one. And I'll tell you why that's important uh, in EPL. Is that why it's important? Is that till that point of time. Manchester was all about United. You know, like City was just another club in EPL. They were sort of a mid-table club. They have never really challenged the, you know, big boys. But with the, especially with the money from Middle East coming in City during that time and with the players they bought. And so that kind of changed the whole dynamic. And after that, City started winning more frequently. They kind of sort of have become the bigger club now. I wouldn't say the bigger club. I mean, historically, United is a bigger club, but City has now become the club which is winning more consistently. So I, I, I thought from that perspective, that moment was very important. The beginning of noisy neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think they are noisy neighbours, just noisy. Of course, they've become like pretty big. I think they've set up the infrastructure that they need as well. So, I mean, there was this instance like... Uh, uh, where you had some football players playing for Manchester United, but their kids were playing for Manchester City's youth team because the infrastructure, the, the facilities, etc., are better at City. So, yeah, no, I uh, completely agree. That was like a seismic shift when it comes to English football. And also just the, 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 the tension and the fact that it went down to literally the last few seconds of the entire season, that sort of drama was just... Uh, 
unbelievable. So easily my number one as well. Yeah, but uh, just to going into a bit of details, uh, you know, it was extra time, and then uh, City were behind QPR, and so parallel games are going on, right? So United yeah. wins over Sunderland, and there is yeah, if City is still behind, and they make the equalizer, and then they make uh, they win the game, they get three points, and. I think it is one of the rarest event where they were they won on the last day based on the goal difference. I think there were eight goal uh, difference uh, than Manchester United, right? Yeah, no, I don't that, remember. Yeah. yeah, but makes sense. Yeah, of course you don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like but I didn't you know, remember. Do you know a funny thing? So, in two thousand eight or nine, when Robinho was signed by City. He thought he was signing for United because he was not aware that there were two clubs in Manchester. So when yeah. he, when his agent told him that you know okay you are signing uh, and you are going to Manchester, Robinho till the last minute he thought he was like going to United and not City. And then he so came think, and then he found out that he signed for City. So I think it's this funny thing where all these um, the uh, players from Spain and South America etc. For the longest time, they used to refer to Manchester United as Manchester. So if you hear, yeah, not really United. If you hear Cristiano Ronaldo early days and stuff, you would just say Manchester. So I think yeah, I remember reading that as well. Funny story. That was an interesting deadline uh, day transfer because United got Berbatov in that same window. Uh, he's one of yeah. my uh, favorite players, Berbatov. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I remember that pretty distinctly. It came down to the last day of the transfer. Cool. So I think we are good with our selection of the top moments. Now I'm going going to the last segment, which is like, to me, it's the most fun one. We are gonna brainstorm and pick the EPL legends eleven of the last thirty years. Obviously, we can include present players as well, present day players as well. But yeah, let's try and create a dream eleven of EPL stars over the years, and you know, including present ones. Let's do this where we discuss and debate and come up with one consolidated dream eleven, right? Where we can discuss and debate for a position. Does that work for you guys? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's try to build consensus and create one united eleven among us all three. Perfect, perfect. All right. So, so let's start shall with the we goalkeeper go for, position. Yes, uh, goalkeeper. My pick is Peter Schmeichel. Actually, I could uh, maybe change things a little bit and probably go with uh, either David Seaman or. A uh, Lehman from I think who is who's the guy at the, the Invincibles? I think I think it was Lehman, right? The the German keeper at Arsenal. Uh, Jens Lehman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either him or even it could Van der Sar as well, because I don't think City's keepers in their recent dominance. I think the goalkeeping should probably be with either Manchester United position, either United or Arsenal, in my opinion. Schmeichel is a good enough shout because the whole 90s, they United pretty much monopolized uh, the title. So, okay. Uh, voting time. Okay, just to make things easy, I'm okay to go with Schmeichel. Neil, come on, man. Not Joe Hart. Yeah, we already won it. <laughs> All right. So, our goalkeeper is Schmeichel. I'm, I'm, as we are speaking, I'm composing this graphic as well, which we will post on, uh, on our Twitter handle. So, goalkeeper Schmeichel, done. Uh, two centre backs. Should we do the right back first? It'll be easier. Okay, yeah, right back, right back. I'm yeah. going with Trent Arnold for right back. 
good choice. I I would say that's a good choice. I can get behind that. Although my pick was Gary Neville. Okay, Neil, what do you think? Tiebreaker. I think I'm fine with Gary Neville. I mean, yeah, he's one of the greatest, of course. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right, right back, Gary Neville. Surprising that a Liverpool fan said Gary Neville and not. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, Trent Alonso apparently has the most number of assists in Premier League history, or something. <laughs> yeah, he's good at uh, recent broadcasts as well. So he criticizes a lot United. So I have a soft corner right now for him. Oh, for Gary Neville. All right, <laughs> all right, right back, Gary Neville. That was fast. Uh, shall we do left back? Left back. Yeah, let's do left back. Yeah. So one of my like childhood favorite favorites or teenage favorites was Ashley Cole. So my left back was Ashley Cole. What about you, Neil? Yeah, Ashley Cole. I can't. Yeah, I can't deny that. Yeah, Ashley Cole for me also. I think yeah. his Arsenal and Chelsea career yeah. together. He he was really something for Arsenal specifically. The Thierry Henry uh, Ashley Cole sort of combination from the left. Yeah, uh, let's do Ashley Cole. Cool. Uh, Ashley Cole on LB. Uh, all right, two centre backs. Tricky, Neil. huh? I mean Terry John Terry is yeah again uh, when yeah, there is a John defender Terry has to be John Terry has to be one of the center backs Aprotim are you uh... yeah uh, okay let me just give you my uh, uh, three and then you know you guys take a pick okay John Terry mm-hmm. one Rio Ferdinand and Vincent Company so these three uh, I think I would also like Vincent Company he had a great role to play uh, in recent years. The Belgian. Person. Are we missing out on any guys from the nineties like Yapstam? But he didn't play too long. Uh, so an offbeat choice. Uh, I don't know. Like my pick for the two CVs were John Terry and Nemanja Vidić. So I don't know if you guys would like Nemanja Vidić, but like I loved him, and so that was my pick. Uh, what about you guys? For the recent time, don't you think Thiago Silva has done a great job, and he's in the verge of. end of his career but i think i followed him from brazil a lot but, but to be fair thiago silva's peak wasn't at the premier league i think he's probably done better in other leagues csg I, yeah i think uh, from my see i am happy to get behind vidic uh, also because vidic won a champions league when terry just uh, happened to dress up for the final so i go <laughs> i go with vidic and company i don't know if you guys remember that take he was suspended for the finals and he wore the the kit so that he looks good in the pictures you know <laughs> um so yeah i'm i'm uh, okay with vidic and comp but i think company should be there because that whole city's resurgence i think he's played a very yeah, important I, role yeah i okay i agree with company i i would also uh, put my vote one vote on company so company is uh one pick among a, i mean which is like selected by all three so company is one of the cbs so who should be the second one terry okay, or i'll Rich? just make a i'll make a case for rio ferdinand because just the kind of player okay. that company is uh, he's kind mm-hmm. of like that village type player but a little bit perhaps a little bit extra as well but uh, rio ferdinand was just got that elegance and you know that passing sort of ability from defense uh, so i think uh, just from a combination standpoint that will make sense so i'll go with rio ferdinand Neil, yeah, Rio Ferdinand. Also, I followed him a lot, and he did a. He really played well on his days. I'll go for Rio Ferdinand as well. How many votes for John Terry? So I, I would, I would rather pick John so, Terry. Can I vote both? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, all right. Uh, let's. Take, it's fine. Uh, let's uh, just your... go with John Terry. It's you... fine. Uh, let the other person be in the team. substitute. It's okay. We'll okay, substitute yeah. as soon as let's possible. Go with, let, let's go with John Terry and company. That, that's good. Cool. Anyway, John we Terry already have a United player. In, Gary Neville, in, in, yeah, Gary Neville and, and Schmeichel. So Michael, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, uh, right wing. Okay, right wing or right RM. Uh, my pick is Ronaldo. So we're going for a four-four-two, right? So okay, then we have a right wing. Okay, so yeah. uh, Rudra, your choice is Cristiano Ronaldo. What about you, uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I would rather not <laughs> contest this. Yeah, well, yeah, but then, but, but then the option. Could be David to... Beckham. Yeah, I think we should just expand it a little bit. I think David Beckham yeah. potentially. Another. Uh, right why not? Know. Why not? Why not Salah? Mm, yeah, Salah is a good choice. Probably right wing, maybe in a four-three-three. But if we go for a four-four-two, yeah, Salah is a good choice as well. So I was thinking in, I mean, between Ronaldo and Salah, but since Ronaldo has. Established himself like as the goat, so I picked Ronaldo. Yeah, he's probably good, and uh, I think the case for Salah is he's been doing continuously in recent times. Ronaldo has been away from Manchester United for more than ten years, so potentially we could also though have Ronaldo as a forward as well rather than right winger. Uh, but yeah, I. Uh, I'm happy to go with uh, Ronaldo as as the option for right, right. wing, or or, or we take Salah as a right winger, and we can have Ronaldo in our discussion as one of the two okay, forwards. Okay, fine. I'm I'm let's, good to go with Salah as well for our. Uh, yeah, for let's right go wing. with Salah, and then I guess it'd be an undroppable option for centre forward also. Let's Maybe let's okay just do this Salah? when we put discuss a position. Let's just cool. give like three four options, and then sure. we can sort yeah. of work that out. Yeah, right. Neil, Neil, what about you? Uh, uh, for the uh, right, center forward, right wing, or right, right wing, wing uh, Ronaldo or Salah? Yeah, yeah, Mo Salah. I, I, I think I changed my mind a little bit. Fine, Mo Salah. Because of the recent okay. effect. Yeah. Uh, left wing. Okay, uh, one option for me for left wing. A uh, couple of that come to mind: Ryan Giggs and Robert Perez. Anybody that more recent? Uh, yeah, I forgot about Robert Perez. He was a legend. Yeah. yeah, he was part of that invincible team. Also, he's bloody good. That uh, right wing, uh, right footer from that left uh, uh, position. Can we also include Gareth Gareth Bale in the discussion? Yeah, absolutely. But I think Gareth Bale started playing this in uh, more center towards the end. But no, no, I think it's uh, it's a strong uh, call. That's a really good call, Gareth Bale as well. Because what about you, Neil? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I have very good memories of Ryan Giggs. I mean, when I started to watch football, he was at the peak and then retired. I think isn't he the only the one who never played World Cup because he's from Wales. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was he's probably undisputably a world level player who never got to play World Cup. Yeah, Rudra, go on. So yeah, I I think for me it would be either Ryan Giggs or Gareth Bale. Also, I'm just confirming what position does uh, Eden Hazard play. That's a good call. I think left wing would be probably the best best uh, way place to put him. That's a good call, strong call. You know, uh, my thought on uh, Ryan Giggs and uh, Gareth Bale, just to pick one, I think Ryan Giggs has played uh, at a at a reasonably high level for a long time. But Gareth Bale, the yeah. peak that he has hit over. Two three seasons is a much higher than what Ryan Giggs has ever hit, in my opinion. 
he's just been very consistent Ryan Giggs so between the two of them I think Robert Perez maybe the duration is not too long and mm. kind of overshadowed by Thierry Henry as well so I, I would go with I think that's a good shout Rudra, with Eden Hazard also probably between the two of them Eden Hazard or Gareth Bale but I think I would just plump for Gareth Bale like I was incredible in those two teams. I, I would also that's pick good. Gareth Bale Gareth Bale like was incredible yeah agreed and a strong he, left footer also from that left side. So, I always have a soft spot for And, and he had players. the pace. He had the pace agreed, also. Agreed. So, yeah. yeah, I'm fine with Bale. Uh, there is a Real Madrid soft corner to me as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched All it. right. So, we have Bale on the left wing. Let's pick the two uh, center midfield. Uh, one of them has to be Kevin De Bruyne. I am like, I'm going to fight for this. Kevin De Bruyne is, a, is an EPL legend. I, I won't argue with that. That guy's incredible. Uh, we can, I mean, just the number of assists, even goal scoring threat. Um, I think he's kind of nailed on with as part of kind of kind of been the face of City's revolution. Also, apart from company. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a in good. In the shot. last decade, in the last decade, KDB has been the most consistent performer in EPL. Uh, so, uh, one of the positions has to be him, for sure. Neil, what about, what do you think? But uh, what are the other options, Rudro, that you... So, the other... Thinking? Yeah. So, other options are Steven Gerrard, of course. Frank Lampard. Uh, then we have Paul Scholes, another legend, of course. Uh, we have... I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Patrick Vieira. Roy Patrick Keane. Vieira, Roy Keane. Yeah. You know, all these uh, all these players. Uh, I I agree. Like I'm just thinking right now. Like we've got like two very offensive wingers. So should we like maybe stock it up with three in the center and go with uh, one center forward? So it'll become kind of like a four-three-three kind. Of, uh, what do you guys think? We, Neil, what are your we, thoughts? Neil, yeah, Neil. I mean, I don't know exactly what position, but uh, in recent time, again, Hotspurs, Son. I forgot his name. Son Heung-min. He's I would more say he's a, a he's a more, more of a forward, forward no? right? Forward, yeah, he's yeah, a forward. Right? Yeah, he's kind of like Salah, Gareth Bale kind of a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I, I think these two names also looks good to me. I, I, so I, I, uh, I've always had a, a sort of a, this thing, you know, like for soft spot for Gerard, even though he's to play for Liverpool. It's just an yeah. immense, proper English box-to-box player. Good tackle and then obviously could shoot from anywhere and stuff. I'm happy to put Gerard in there. But also, yeah, I I'm, also I'm like also, false, yeah. false goals a lot. Like one of my favorite United players. Um, just in terms of his passing ability. Um, so either Paul Scholes or Steven Gerrard in my opinion. Yes, even Gerard has been the face of Liverpool for a long, long time. And you see, he played, and I mean, most of the Liverpool fans is probably fan because of their Gerard fans. So, uh, you see, I mean, even without much of the support from surroundings, he could uh, do a lot of impact. So, I'd probably go for him as well. Cool. So, Steven Gerrard, I agree. Steven Gerrard uh, is one of my picks as well. Uh, for the second CM, do we all agree on Kevin De Bruyne? Yeah, I think that's. I agree. Yep, KDB. Cool, KDB. So we have uh, uh, right wing Salah, then Steven Gerrard, KDB, and on the left we have Gareth Bale. So now we come to the two strikers. Which is the 
which will be the most debated so let, let me lay out a few <laughs> options for this one uh, um so i think like okay so we've got like uh, thierry henry i think thierry henry should be nailed on uh, wayne rooney cristiano ronaldo alan uh, sherer alan sherer yeah good great shout alan sherer anybody else We're missing jimmy body perhaps Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp, yeah, great shout. Who else? Shane Ivari, so I wouldn't consider him a legend. Um, no, no, I agree, I agree. I mean, yeah. Like a couple of years. Uh, Sergio Aguero, potentially? Yeah, Sergio Aguero, for sure. Uh, you, said, you mentioned Wayne Rooney. Uh, Harry well, Kane? Harry Kane, yes, but Harry Kane has not won a Premier League yet. To be fair, Gareth Bale hasn't as well, and actually, yeah, Gareth, in that sense, uh, Shearer I, also I, has not won a Premier League. Actually, yeah, Shearer has. Shearer won the Premier League with Brad Blackburn, I think. Yeah, yeah, he did. I think we might need to revisit Gareth Bale. His duration in the Premier League was uh, can be this. Anyway, uh, centre forward. What do you think, Neil? What are your uh, choices for centre forward? Yeah, I think Henri. Henri, I agree with yeah. Henri. Is yeah. sort of a unanimous pick, I think. Yeah, yeah, he has done a lot of damage to a lot of teams. Neil, <laughs> <laughs> for oh, sure. Henri. <laughs> Theory Henri has to be there, and I am going to bat very strongly for Wayne Rooney. I guess longevity to, again. But I'm open open to debating that. So, like, but then I feel Cristiano Ronaldo has to be in the team. So if uh, I would drop some Salah. format. I would drop Salah. I would Ronaldo. actually drop. You know what? Uh, I would actually drop Gareth Bale and maybe have Ronaldo play from the left because he can, and also because we have yeah. two left-footed wingers, <laughs> Salah and Gareth Bale. So just That's to a good point. make it symmetric, yeah. have Ronaldo and Salah on the wings, and have yeah, I'm okay with uh, Wayne Rooney and Thierry Henry. That would be a good uh, combination. Yeah, let's go for those two. Okay, so our team looks like this: Peter Schmeichel at the back. Uh, as a goalkeeper, right back Gary Neville. Uh, two centre backs are our company and John Terry, and uh, left back is Ashley Cole. In the midfield, in the centre midfield, we have Kevin De Bruyne and Steven Gerrard. On the right wing, we have Mohamed Salah. On the left wing, he decided on Ronaldo, and our two strikers are Thierry Henry and Wayne Rooney. I think that's a solid team. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid team. Agreed. I was Who, I was thinking just, whether we could include uh, Beckham anywhere, but I don't think we have space for him. Yeah, I think this team is pretty mobile and interchangeable, etc. Beckham yeah. might be a little bit out of place. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think solid team. Otherwise, even uh, centre forward. I mean, the the forward positions also with Rooney and Thierry. It's pretty exciting to watch them play together. Yeah. Also about the goalkeeper, despite not winning and despite uh, missing a lot, I think Dahia is 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 a good option as well if you want to play in the current times. What do you think? Um, yes, in my opinion, but, uh... he, he's been a bit now. He's a bit outdated in terms of his playing style. So he agreed longevity-wise. It's just that mm. United have been in a decline. So Dahia's performances have stood out. But now, when you think about it, where uh, goalkeepers also need to sort of be involved in the build-up play, etc., like how Liverpool and City have, I think he's probably not as good as he used to be. Yeah, there was a one point of time they said it's best European goalkeeper. So yeah, yeah. when he was supposed to move to Real and stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, who do we pick as a captain? 
who Adi, we have to pick a Gerard. captain and we have to pick a captain and a manager gerard uh, captain, or gerard gerard or terry i think he's the one but i think gerard terry is a bit of a uh, oddball kind Hot of character yeah, yeah that seems like a okay stevie is lifting the trophy also <laughs> okay, Stevie is the captain. Who would we, who do we pick as a manager? Uh, my pick is Alex Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. My pick is Arsene Wenger. But okay, we'll go with Alex Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wenger is there, right at the top. As so well, the think. three the three choices for me would have been uh, Wenger, Jose Mourinho, and Ferguson. Yes, uh, I would have given the top three choice these three choices, but I think uh, because you have to select one, you can't just not yeah. select Saf. So. <laughs> Of course. No, I agree. It's sort of undisputed. Probably uh, Guardiola needs another five years or something to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in yeah. recent times, I would give the way he changed a city and everything. I think he deserves to be at the top, and he probably has some days to go as well right. to prove himself in a in an EPL arena. But yeah. And Sir Alex is the only one to have won a treble. Yeah, yeah, true Fair that. Point. All right, I think this was very fun. I really enjoyed doing this with you guys. Uh building the dream. Actually, you know what? When the World Cup nears, we should do a World Cup all-time 11 as well. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a plan. We should do that. Yeah, cool. totally. Yeah, and I I would I have Zidane. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. So I have created a graphic and I'll share it with you. Neil, you can post it on Twitter. Of course, of course. Cool. This was fun, and I think we have enough content to call this a complete episode. So, uh, thank you for joining, Neil and Aprotim, and thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode. You got any uh, final comments, Neil and Aprotim? Yes, and whoever is listening, uh, let's know uh, what's your opinion. Your opinion must uh, and would differ from our opinions as well. That's the fun in it, right? And we'll watch the. um EPL matches this weekend because all of us at home probably uh, not traveling so yeah let's see how it goes and we'll discuss about it next episode for sure yeah absolutely and what do we any last any thoughts on what are we going to be discussing next time around should I, we do the rivalry one which you had thought about yes yes yeah. i think that was long pending i mean this was supposed to be the third episode Yeah, it was supposed to be like a preview for the United Liverpool match. Perhaps what we could do is definitely ahead of United Arsenal, uh, considering that they also have some history. So yeah, perhaps we can do that before uh, for that particular weekend. We can do that. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. All right, guys. All right then. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, hopefully we'll be back soon with another episode. Goodbye. <laughs>